finishing up a series uh, today, and today we're going to be talking about, we've been in the Old Testament prophets, today we're going to be talking about uh, the Lamb of God, behold the Lamb of God. Uh, Brother Josh, that's in there, if you can, if you can look at, oh, you're good, look at there, look at there, we're already, all right, Amen. John chapter 1 and verse 29, and it's in your bulletin as well, these verses, but we'll get them up for you to look at today. But it's always good to just stay familiar with and, and uh, finding passages in, in your Bible. Of course, some of you use your phone or your iPad, that's okay too. Uh, but the next day, John 1 29, the next day, John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Recognizing how Jesus fulfilled prophecy. Let's go back to some of that prophecy in Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 1. Who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when, ye sh when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him Think about that. We esteem him not. Verse 4. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Amen. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shears is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off. Out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his what an incredible passage. Amen. Isaiah was just given a gift of insight. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful words. Uh, let's talk for a minute about value and worth. There are some things in life that we may desire or want that we understand that we have to give up something in order to get that. And so, by that, we 
we place a value on that. Perhaps how much we're willing to give up to obtain or to, to get that. Sometimes you have to give up things to gain. And so it is that each one of us have opportunities uh, in life sometimes to obtain things that we desire. And, and, and what might be worthless to one person is of great value to another person because of what they want. We've all read stories of heroic uh, actions where someone gave up their own safety because of someone else, maybe someone they loved. Uh, a news story of a father who, who gives up his life trying to save his daughter from a burning home or a, uh, a train hitting her. Maybe her foot's caught in the tracks or something like that. And, and the father gives up his life. We, we've all heard those kind of stories. And, and uh, it tells us that that person placed a greater value on the life of this other person, perhaps a daughter or whatever, than on their own life. And it gives us somewhat of a measure of how much they value someone else. And it's the, the Lord Jesus, of course, Calvary, the crucifixion, the Lord's passion, everything that he endured, the Bible said, for our sin. Isaiah said the chastisement of our peace was upon him. All of that that he endured tells us something about how much he values us. I believe someday the whole world is going to see how much Jesus values us yes. Yes. this church. Us as individuals because if it had only been one of us, I believe he would have done it for us. And so we find every day in our lives as the mercy of God is dispensed, we're finding out how much he values us much he cares about us. I want to share a little illustration with you today that, that uh, it, it really kind of hit me strongly. The U.S. Navy has what they call SEAL teams and uh, amongst the SEALs they have uh, a group of highly trained individuals specifically trained for underwater demolition. And so they are, uh, uh, they're, they're, it's, it's very, very intensive training. We've all heard about the SEALs and what they call Hell Week, where they, uh, it, it's part of their training. They, they just like for a whole week, there's no sleep. It's, it's uh, intense physical strain almost every minute of that. It's, it's, but, but this, this team, uh, they, they're, they're even specialized within that, and their training is very, very, very intense, grueling. 
but they, as a result of it, are elite commandos. They are very, very special uh, in their place in the service of our country. But these trainees can quit any time that they want during the training. In the middle of the training area, they hang a bell. And at any moment they want to quit, they can end it right there. They don't have to take on any more, put up with any more. They just go ring the bell, and that tells their instructors, that tells their trainers and commanders that uh, they're out. They're done. That's all for them. And so if it becomes unbearable, if the suffering becomes more than they can handle, all they have to do, they know, all they have to do to, for the misery to end is to run, ring that bell. And uh, one of the men involved with the training of these, a man by the name Admiral William McRaven, uh, speaking to a group of students at the University of Texas, made this statement. He, he, uh, he said, ring the bell and you no longer have to wake up at five o'clock. Ring the bell and you no longer have to do freezing cold swims. Ring the bell and you no longer have to do the runs, the obstacle course, the PT. And you no longer have to endure the hardships of training. Just ring the bell. But then he added, if you want to change the world, don't ever ring the bell. I get goosebumps just thinking about that. <laughs> mm. I don't even have to preach that. Y'all can already feel it. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Jesus had every opportunity before he died on that cross to ring the bell. Yes, he did. Amen. Yes, he did. He knew. All he had to do was just say the word. And thousands of angels would come to his aid. Yes. In, in, in a moment's time, they would have been there. He knew that. That, that was, it wasn't like he forgot or he, he just, uh, maybe he wasn't aware. He fully knew what was at his fingertips. And Satan offered him all the kingdoms of the world. Here it is. You can have it. The chief priests, the elders, the, uh, the, the religious leaders of the day, uh, they, they challenged him to call it quits. Listen to this. They said, let him now come down from the cross and we will believe him. There you go. Jesus, what you've been trying to, to, to do here, you, you've been, you, you've been, you know, you say you're who you are, uh, and, and you know, you, you you teach many things, and and uh, we understand some of the things you've been saying. That's why we that's why we're crucifying you. But there is one thing we're giving you an opportunity here, and this will kind of get it off our shoulders and off of our responsibility. Look, if you're who you say you are, just come down. We will 
serve you, we will. We'll know. But he endured the cross, the Bible says, despising the shame. And he didn't like the shame. He didn't enjoy the shame. He despised the shame. But he endured it. And the result of that suffering for us is life, healing, strength, salvation, available to, to all humanity, to everybody, all because of one man's suffering. There is a huge, vast storehouse of things that are available to us today. John the Baptist Pointed to Jesus. His ministry was to be a forerunner of Jesus. He, 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 one day he pointed out Jesus and he said, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Now, first century Jews were quite familiar with lambs. Their everyday life, they saw sheep, they saw lambs. Lambs provided clothing for them, provided food for them. They were an integral part of their life. But everybody knew, every Jew knew, that the most important job for a lamb was a sacrifice. And they could all recall the story. They could tell you the story of how their forefather Abraham had taken Isaac up Mount Moriah. And, and, and there in that moment with a knife in his hand had uttered those prophetic words, my son, God will provide for himself a lamb for a burnt offering. That's right. They knew that story. They were familiar with that. When John said, Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Instantly their minds go to sacrifices. That's how you deal with sin. Right. And so they knew exactly what he meant by that without a doubt. Jesus came to this earth, I believe, knowing that he was the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world, the Scripture says. Right. Now, we live in a messed up world. We know that. Uh, our headlines scream at us. Suffering. When you think about families of victims of these senseless shootings and the, the suffering, the loss, the hurt, when you think, of, and when I say senseless shootings, I'm not talking necessarily just about this business up in Ohio or Texas or somewhere. Right here in our area, just this week, people shot, taken out. This is, this is a cruel world that we live in, and there is a lot of suffering in our world. 
from a lot of different things, not just shootings. It's a lot of suffering. Amen. Suffering is the result of sin. Yes. Now, Jesus said, did this man sin? Or, or the people asked Jesus, did this man sin? Or his parents? And Jesus said, neither. Uh, it, 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 first of all, it's the result of him living in this present world as a fallen man. But it's also, in that specific case, was that the Lord's glory could be seen in his healing. But, but it, is, it is our plight that we live in a messed up world and, and the, it, the, the thing that messed it all up is sin. And that's the root cause of the suffering in the world today. You remember there in the garden after Adam and Eve sinned, the Lord said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow to Eve. Right? right. And, and, of course, not even the earth escaped the curse. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. Adam and sorrow, you're going to eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and also thistles would spring up in the ground. In the sweat of thy face, Genesis 3 and 19, shalt thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground. <laughs> that statement right there makes me think of Solomon, the wise man, vanity of vanities. <laughs> and sweat, you're, gonna, you're going to eat bread till you return to the ground. Not a very promising, hopeful statement. Uh, it, it, it was, it, but it was the result of what? Sin. Sometimes we have a tendency to just kind of coddle sin and, and excuse sin and overlook sin and become kind of numb to it. But maybe we need to wake up a little bit and realize all the suffering in the world. It's the result of sin. Amen. One of the, one of the uh, early evangelist preachers in America many, many years ago walked the streets of New York City and he became physically sick to his stomach observing the sin there. It affected him that way. It affected him that way. <coughs> I, I wonder about our sensitivity, you know, sometimes. Yeah. He understood the cause. And he also understood that he knew the answer. Right. And yet, what he saw was painful to him. Isaiah wrote one of the most poetic and prophetic, his whole prophecies. It's just incredible, but but the suffering Christ, Isaiah chapter 53, what an incredible uh, man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, he says. Jesus wasn't afraid to associate with people in sorrow. You remember that Jesus stopped at a funeral in the city of Nain. You remember that Jesus accompanied Jairus to the bedside of his dying daughter. Right? 
And even with Lazarus, though he was late, he showed up. It was for a divine purpose that he was late. He right. wouldn't have otherwise. He would have been there. What I'm trying to tell you is Jesus didn't shy away from suffering. No, he didn't. He still don't today. That's right. Thank God. Amen. We've all been to a funeral or two. But aren't you thankful there's a God who knows how to come alongside you? A God who knows. He doesn't, he doesn't just avoid it. He shows up when, in times like that. We sometimes avoid the situation because we don't know what to say. We're afraid we'll say the wrong thing. Right. What do you say to somebody who's, who's experienced tragedy? What do you say to somebody? I mean, we, we know that God is good. We know that, that he loves us. But, but words just fail you when you're talking to somebody. Because we, we can't really comprehend his great plan. We don't see how some things work together for the good. We, we, we don't see how. We see the things, but we don't see how they work together. But the Lord, the Lord knows. And, 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 but in, in spite of that, he, he does not just not show up. He was acquainted with. And he still he still shows up in times of grief and things like that. The Lord is so faithful to us. And, and while we avoid the situation, Jesus does not. He knew precisely what to say in any given situation. He knew how to console the grief. And I, I want the Lord to go with me when I go to a hospital. I want the Lord to go with me when I go to someone's house and just lost a loved one. Because I don't know what to say. But I guarantee you, He does. Most of the time, the best that we can do is just to be there. Yeah. And sometimes we're better off to just stay quiet and not say things, you know. Uh, Joe's friends, they, they just they just make did more damage than good. But but I'm so thankful that 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 I know that he lives in me. Right. And I know that I have hope. <laughs> and if he lives in me. I just have to believe that my very presence is going to bring some help. It's going to bring some Amen. peace because I bring him with me. Right. I, I'm not your answer, but I am an ambassador for the answer. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I don't know what to do about your grief. I don't know how to help you. Amen with everything that you're going to face in life. But I can tell you this. I know the one who does. And I, I can tell you who he is. I can tell you how to find him. I can tell you how to, to get his help in your life. I can tell you, amen, where you can meet him. Anywhere that you get hungry. Hallelujah. Amen. He shows up. He still does today. Hallelujah. He knows how to minister to the hurting. Man. Before Jesus was even born. It was prophesied of him that he would face the sting of rejection. What are we doing today? We're beholding the Lamb. Isaiah 53 and 3, despised and rejected of men. He goes on to say he was despised and we esteemed him not. 
Let, let me just share with you some scripture here. Uh, the Jews, I mean, it started very close to home for Jesus. The Bible says the Jews sought to kill him, John 7. And then, just two verses later, Jesus' own brothers scoffed at his ministry. Then in Mark chapter 3 and verse 21, Mark records how that Jesus' family responded to his, to his ministry and his actions. Is that, uh, the New King James says, he's out of his mouth. That's what his family had to say about it. Talk about rejection. Jesus said, he made this statement, he said, a man's foes shall be they of his own household. So he goes back to his hometown, Nazareth. His name has been tossed around. Everybody's hearing about Jesus. Everybody's hearing about his ministry. He goes back to his hometown. And their response, is, is not this the carpenter's son? just the carpenter's son. Jesus said a prophet is not without honor save in his own country and in his own house. So it started off early on. And then in the final week of Jesus' ministry and life here on this earth he was again rejected. I mean it started off good he's coming into Jerusalem, and they're saying, Hosanna, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Yeah. Waving palm branches, you know. Everybody wants to get in on the worship. Yeah. <laughs> really? Days later, they're saying, crucify him. Crucify him. Not everybody that says Hosanna really wants him to be king. Jesus endured the rejection, abandonment of some of the closest ones to him. Judas betrayed him with a kiss. His own disciples ran away in fear. Peter, the Bible says, stood afar off. And then he even denied that he knew him. You talk about rejection when your closest friend <coughs> he was a man who experienced rejection as much as anyone has ever experienced in his life. The Bible just simply said we esteem him not. What a painful stab in the back. I, I, I occasionally mention this years ago teaching youth class right here in this church. Had a pretty good sized youth class and, and you got a bunch of kids in a room and it's hard sometimes to kind of hold their attention and, and uh, you got to be creative when you're a youth, youth pastor. You got to really be creative. Uh, and so, you know, we did different things to try to, to, uh, to get across to them and to, to minister to them. But, uh, I'll never, I, I will never forget this. It, it just is etched in my memory one Sunday morning that I began to talk about 
how that a even a close friend can stab you in the back. In fact, they can hurt you worse than anybody. And how it can feel like they just stuck the knife in and they're twisting it, you know. And there was a hush come over that group of kids. There was every one of them had experienced something like that. Resonated with them. I had their attention. We've all experienced some of that. But can you imagine the Lamb of God? Mm. I mean, we've all been rejected in some sense. We've been kind of dismissed. We've kind of been set aside, undervalued, whatever you want to say. But you know what Paul said? He wrote to Timothy. He said, if we suffer, we shall also reign with him. Amen. Amen. <laughs> if you felt a lot of suffering and trying to live for God and work and, 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 and do something for the Lord, I, I want to assure you if, you, if you felt suffering trying to obey God and do what is right, amen, that, that ought to just be a, 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 a firm encouragement to you today. Amen. If you suffer with him, you shall also reign with him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. One of these days he's going to be revealed. Every knee is going to bow. Every tongue is going to confess. Amen. And then when they have recognized him and they're in shock and terror, they're going to see the ones for whom he suffered. And that's going to be us. Great. We're going to rule and reign with him. Hallelujah. He suffered in his body, physical, physical pain. I, I know, you know, we, we can talk about rejection and all that thing. And I must have heard to, for Peter to say the things, you know, that he said. Hear Peter curse and deny that he knew him and all of that. But it went a lot deeper than just, just emotional pain and, and those kind of things like a lot of us have experienced in his own body, he suffered for us. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Chastisement of our peace was upon him. With his stripes, we are healed. Yes. He's more than just a comforter to us in words, but he will join with us in our sorrows. He's not just going to offer you some platitudes and things. We all understand those words fail. But here is someone who will join us. He knows what it is to hurt. Amen. Physical wounds. Amen. But even more important than that, he will deliver us. Yes. Thank God. David wrote in Psalm 32 and 1, whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. My, my, the blessed state of a man who knows Jesus. 
His transgression is forgiven. His sin is covered. Isaiah said that Messiah was wounded for our transgressions, our sins, our iniquities. Amen. That word transgression right there, Strong's says that that is, it, it means rebellion. Right. Our rebellion. He was, he was wounded for our rebellion. You know what? That's what we did. We rebelled. We were in rebellion yes. against him. Every one of us. And, and don't, don't mistake anything here this morning. We didn't just slip and fall. We didn't just kind of accidentally fall into transgression. We rebelled. Isaiah said, we have turned every one to his own way. Whose way? Our way. My way. Mm. That's iniquity. I've turned to my own way. When you turn to your own way, it's in rebellion against God. But I got a life. I want to live my life. I can do what I want to do. I'm thankful for it. Yes, you can, Brother Mark. I'm thankful for our Lord who showed us Amen. how to not just do what you want to do. I mean, it was real. Lord, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, nevertheless, I'm going to do your will. I'm going to do whatever it is. I, 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 I'm going to endure. I'm going to face it. I'm going to live with it. I'm going to die with it. But I am committed right here and now. Hallelujah. I will go through. I will do what I must do. Amen. Because I'm going to always do what you want me to do, Lord. Yes, Lord. It's yes. not about me. It's about him. Yes, amen. Even John, the forerunner, said he must increase. I must decrease. That's right. It's not about me. It's about him. Amen. But we turn to our own way. Isaiah said the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Right. You imagine that? My sin would have been enough. My sin would have been plenty. It would have been horrible. But the iniquity of us all. That bloodied, beaten, striped Savior didn't just put the cross on his back and drag it up that hill, but he put your sins on his back Amen. and carried it up that hill. Behold the Lamb of God. Oh God. David, David said, I acknowledge my sin unto thee. And mine iniquity have I not yet. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. David was showing us the way to get forgiveness. We acknowledge. We, 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 we let him know. I have sinned. I have rebelled. I have transgressed. 
I went my own way. Somebody hear that today. I went my own way. I confess. I confess. But he put the oil of that on his back when he went up that hill. And all I need is the covering of his blood. As I also said, with his stripes we are healed. What a benefit that he purchased for us. It was costly, but oh, we are healed. His flesh was torn, ripped, shredded, pain. Pain. It must have been horrible. But by his stripes, with his stripes, we are healed. We are healed. And when Israel was coming out of Egypt, uh, vast, vast crowd, large number of people traveling across wilderness areas and needing water. They located, they found a, a place called Merah that was watered there. But when they began to drink of that water, they discovered that it was it wasn't good water. It just didn't taste irony or something like that. It was serious. And uh, Moses cast a tree into that water and instantly it was changed <coughs> to it was good and healthy. You think about the very first miracle of Jesus, it kind of mirrors that in a way. When the water was turned to wine, something chemically happened in that, in that liquid. Jesus gave them instructions and they obeyed. Something changed. I'm going to tell you something. Something happens in your life when Jesus gives you instructions. It'll turn water into wine. If, if it'll take bitter water and make it good, hey man, Jesus comes to the bitter waters of our lives. Yes, he does. Mm. Yes, he does. Hanged on a tree, the King James says, Amen. He he uh, he that tree, it, it was the it's what made the better water sweet. I can't explain it. I don't really know how it, 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 it seems almost counterintuitive that the most awful of suffering would be the thing that would give us the greatest peace. Healing. And yet, yet it happened just like that. That, that man up there who we esteem not, that man who, who, who endured a, a, a it, it was like terrorism I'm talking about. Amen. It was an act of terror. It was designed to strike terror into the hearts of everyone who witnessed that scene. Crucifixion was that for the Romans. They, they were letting you know, this is what happens to you. This is what we will do to you. If you, uh, if, if you are found outside our pleasure, outside our uh, 
what what Rome wants for you. And 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 so there he is, and it's a it's a horrible, agonizing, ugly scene. And yet out of that, the cross, which is designed as an instrument of torture, has become one of the greatest symbols of hope the world has ever seen. Some hymnals and some churches, they want to take songs about the blood out of their, out of their repertoire. They don't want to talk about that anymore. Or preach about that if you want to build a crowd, if you want to have a large mega church. Don't just pat folks on the back and tell them how good they are, <coughs> smile at them real big and everything will be all right. Amen. But I'm here to tell you, that don't change lives. That's right. I mean, I appreciate your smile. A smile's a good thing. I, I'm not belittling that. It has the power to kind of change a room sometimes. Just a smile can, can do a lot of things. But, but I'm telling you, it has no power to deal with the root cause of suffering, with the root cause of everything that's wrong in us and in the world. Without the blood of Jesus, there is no remission of sins. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, behold the Lamb! Behold the Lamb! John, I feel that today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for allowing that to be recorded. Behold the Lamb of God. He's taken away the sins of the world. Thank you. And those people coming out to hear John, they were impacted by that message. They were being baptized left and right out there. Amen. They, they, uh, that, that message of repentance was, was gripping their hearts and it, it, it touched people even beyond just, I mean, there, there were religious leaders and Pharisees and things that went out there. The king, the, the, the rulers heard about what was happening. John's ministry was known. It wasn't done in secret. Amen. And he didn't call, he, he called a spade a spade, I'm telling you. Amen. He just preached it like it was. I thank God for preachers that still will preach it like it is. And tell me what I need Amen. to know, not just what I want to hear. Amen. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold the Lamb of God. He endured the cross. Hallelujah. We esteem. Most of the people that, that saw Jesus and heard about Jesus in the little short time, lifespan on this earth, didn't know who he was or why he came. We esteem him not. They fulfilled that prophecy. But there were those. In fact, the centurion there watching Jesus on the cross feeling and seeing the earthquake and things that were done. The Bible says they greatly feared saying truly this was the Son of God. <coughs> there were those. I hope that's every one of our experiences. As we behold Truly, this was the Son of God. I don't want it to ever just become a story. I don't want it to ever become something that we 
we expect on Easter to hear about it. And we think that preacher's confused if he talks about it any other time besides Easter. It's the central message of the church. John repeated that statement in John 1 36 Behold the Lamb. And two of his disciples, one of them was Andrew, the Bible says, heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. We're trying to get folks to follow us, to follow a crowd, to follow our own kingdom we're trying to build. It don't make sense and it won't work. To talk about the Lamb. But if you want folks to follow Jesus, and that is our goal up here, we're not trying to get folks just to just to feel pews. We're not trying to get folks to just think and act like us or something like that. All we're trying to do is get folks to just follow Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Just follow Jesus. They heard him speak and they followed Jesus. You know what? That's my greatest, that's my greatest desire. Someone hear me speak and then follow Jesus. Probably a good time to examine our own conversation, our own speech, our own things that we gravitate to in conversation and all of that. Brother Chuck Gray was a tremendous. just an ability to turn every conversation around eventually to the Lord. Want a lot of people to God. There can no telling how many. Perhaps thousands that have lived for God because of his ministry. But, but it didn't matter who he was with or where he was at. He was an interesting man. He, he, he could talk about a lot of things. He was knowledgeable in a lot of areas. He, he could carry on a conversation with anybody. But eventually that conversation was going to get around to the Lord. That's just the way it was. And, and they heard him speak. And they followed Jesus. Don't you want to do that today? Just follow Jesus. Let's stand together this morning. Blessed be the name of the Lord today. I just want to behold the Lamb. I, I don't want it to be, I don't want it to be the case ever again that we esteem him not. Yes, he was crucified once, but I don't want to crucify him again in my life. Yes, he was he was broken. Yes, he was he was marred. Yes, he was bruised. Yes, he was he was made a mockery of but when I behold the Lamb I want to say it's the Son of God it's the answer 
that I've been looking for. It's everything that I need. It's all in Him, the mighty God. It's all in Him. Hallelujah. That's my Jesus today. That's my Jesus. Would you just lift your hands right now and begin to look, pour out some love on Him today? Amen. There have been, there have been times when hatred and, and, and morbid cruelty was just spewed out of people's mouths. He is hurt.